When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are listening to Comes a Time with O'Teal Burbridge and Mike Fenoya. If you're digging the podcast, do these guys a favor and review and subscribe. It means a lot. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're joining for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. And now, here's Mike and O'Teal. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Comes the Time Podcast. That's O'Teal. And that is Mike. And we had some great guests on the pod from Fish, Paige McConnell, and from Ziggy Marley and Vita Blue, Adam Zimmon. We had them on to talk a little bit about our dear friend, brother, bandmate, Russell Batiste, uh, the drummer with Vita Blue who recently passed away. Mm. Uh, I got to go to the funeral and I met Paige there. And the night before we just reminisced, we got together late night after I landed. And then Russell had a, just a classic New Orleans funeral, you know, from, I can't even explain it all. Really, it was crazy. All I know is, <clears throat> When I have my funeral, I want people to wear outfits like that because we saw some <laughs> classic stuff you would only see in New Orleans. Yeah. Some of the video you sent me, I was like, geez, yeah, it's a that, celebration of life was what it is. It's not. That a... was the part in the church. <laughs> <laughs> you said me church. I love that you said me church video. But what's cool is like, I feel like that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's oh, like yeah. a celebration of life instead of like a lamenting death or whatever so funny how everyone does it different you know vikings send you out and on a boat and set the boat on fire new orleans is like a party a dance a parade singing eating irish people drink and italian people make too much ziti and wear black the chinese the chinese wear white and they do it all that they're that's what i heard when i was younger that it was kind of the opposite yeah they're white and it's more like a celebration of yeah, uh, that we got to have a life here and got to experience this. Yeah, you know, it's really crappy for some people. And, yeah, uh, if it was good for you, yeah, I felt that a lot at, at Russell's. I, I hate to even call it a funeral celebration of life. Yeah, maybe it should. Yeah. Maybe that's where we should go with it because uh, it definitely felt like that, and uh, it was uh, it, so it was a like really it. good podcast that you know we reminisce about Vita Blue and and um really fun really very yeah. meaningful very cool to hear the story and it was uh i texted you after just about how awesome it was to like listen to the reminiscing about the beginning of that project that's like hearing page explain you guys meeting for the first time and you and russell um yeah. and just also i i kind of like the track on the first album where's popeyes <laughs> So that was kind of cool to hear the origin of that. So you guys are going to love it. And uh, thank you, Paige and Adam and, and Russell. Thank, thank you, Russell, Russell, for everything. Um, uh, we're on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hope you guys are enjoying us. If you're enjoying us, share and like and rate. 
Uh, you can join us for bonus content at patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod for a bonus episode each week. Uh, we have new merch. We have uh, a lot of fun stuff planned. So uh, hop on the bus and join us. Thank you guys. See you next week. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Russell, but I brought my sweatshirt. My, my <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mine's probably a little cleaner than Russell's because I never really <laughs> Russell wore his every day for the last <laughs> 20 years. He really did. Some of the videos yeah. that I get sent and the YouTubes are ones that pop up yeah. on social media. You see him wearing that Vita Blues, but he really did. <laughs> he loved it, man. I've got my Vita Blue shot glass. I should run and get oh, nice, that. Nice, nice. I got one of those handy too. Yeah. I, 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 I had my hoodie that I wore like nonstop was my favorite thing. And it, and it's like a casualty of like yet another item of clothing that I left in a dressing room yeah. on a tour stop. I, you know, it's so it's, you know, somebody's got it. I, I, I tried to chase it down, but, you know, hopefully somebody's wearing it in good health and spirits or was, <laughs> you know, psyched about it or something. I, I don't think there's a lot of them. So <laughs> I brought, I, I brought my, uh, I, I have them over here my, where I have a bunch of stuff. So I got my Vita Blue t-shirt from, from the first, the first gig there, the New Year's gig in 2001, oh, wow. um, which was pretty cool. Uh, I put it on. It kind of fits. Such a killer <laughs> album. I love that album so much. Before I was a twinkle in anybody's eye. <laughs> we, 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 had, I, we had not heard of you, not spam, not, not nobody. Yeah, but you guys completed us, man. I will never forget those Miami sessions. And, uh, man, yeah, you really did complete us. It made... Uh, it was such a that was such a, a added like wow you know well i think i was i was like sort adam of, wasn't there yeah. i was forced in post to play the shows yeah, um, that's right. pro probably correctly like you know our our manager melanie or andrew you know i was away and and they that whole thing of like well there's this guitar player and he's kind of a you know, one of the main parts of the band or whatever, I could easily imagine Paige, you know, being like, we don't, 
we're, we we chose not to have a guitar player. No, that's not Otiel. If anybody, if anybody said no, it, yeah. not yeah. Well, okay, okay, but I could easily but, see that logic, and and they were kind enough to like let me show up for like two rehearsals before going on stage, and I was just thanks. like, "What the hell?" <laughs> thank God, and thank God we did because uh, <laughs> that that it really was. I'm I'm with Otiel. That that we really needed you in there to round it out and and. and yeah flesh it out for us yeah because even when we didn't have spam again there's something about that that interaction which uh you know i we were talking about this the other day just about having imposter syndrome and stuff and i go through it all the time but you know you never have to ever worry about that because having played with Russell Batiste and with just the Marleys and all those people, like you can't play with those people if you can't hang. Like they will tell you immediately, as you well know, Adam. <laughs> you know? I guess, I, I guess, you know? <laughs> the, and, and really enough about me, but imposter syndrome kind of begins and ends at the, 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 the last day of the tour and then before the first day of the next one or the when you're not in the room, you know, and, and you're, you're supposed to be like, okay, now, you know, uh, you know, parlay the stuff you do into like, you know, continuing, uh, you know, livelihood or whatever. That's when imposter syndrome is like becomes real, you know, when you're putting, you know, anyway, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but man, Russell, I I really wish you could have been there at the uh at the second line and the service and everything, Adam. I, I was texting Adam video and pictures uh as it was going on, you know. <laughs> well, that stuff you told me about I, I mean it was it meant so much to be closer that way and that you were doing that and that Paige was there and Seeing that stuff was, I mean, it was so apt also and beautiful and, uh, you know, uh, but uh, yeah. And, and sort of that, that story you told me about all the drumline stuff. And I mean, just like it, I, it helped me. I spent the whole day kind of with Russell that day and, and it, you know, uh, including this radio show that Otil turned me on that was doing a mm -hmm. tribute to him playing tracks he played on that I'd never heard. And I was going through videos and pictures and I don't know, it, it really, it really helped. It really made it, made a difference and, and was wonderful to see because Russell shows up when you're with Russell and you're, you know, playing, it's just, it's sort of like being in the midst of a, just a storm of music and energy that, that you're just trying to sort of, hold on to uh or trying to keep up with and yeah. uh so uh, you know outside of it, it uh i don't know just getting to getting to see that stuff and doing you know it sort of made it all make sense a little more too and and appreciate it and have gratitude over it you know helped. Paige, when you, when you were Paige, when you were considering Vita Blue and it, the mm. first seed started to kind of come to your to your mind, um, was the band members already something that you had kind of set in in your mind and in your thoughts? Uh, when this started in two thousand one, um, the right right at that moment, I, I think Fish was on hiatus. Then we weren't playing, and I knew I wanted to do some sort of a project, and I I didn't know exactly how how or what it would be, but I did. Uh, I had met Russell in 1998. I went down to play on a track for uh, a benefit album that the New Orleans Musicians Clinic was putting out. And this woman, Bethany Boltman, uh, sort of was working with my dad. My dad had helped set up the clinic down there in New Orleans for the musicians clinic. And, um, and so for this track, we didn't have any material and this band was put together and it was me and Mike Gordon and Russell and Art <clears throat> Neville and, uh, 
Bill Summers and, and George Porter. So it was, it was the six of us. So it was, it was two drummers, two bass players, and two keyboardists, which was a kind of an interesting band. And, Only uh, in New Orleans. <laughs> so, so we went and recorded a track at uh, a room, a really cool studio, which is no longer there anymore, called the Egyptian Room in New Orleans. It was up on the 10th floor of this old building. It had been a Masonic temple, and so it still had all the iconography and, you know, the eyes and everything that masons are into and 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 it was we were sort of in the big room which is where they had their meetings and that sort of a thing um worked for two days did this track and you know just getting to know those guys a little bit i was already such a huge fan of art neville so this was a big deal for me to be in the room with him and to be playing on a track with him and uh and i had seen russell play 10 years earlier in 1988, when he was playing with the meters, I saw him play. Uh, I think he was, he was, you know, he was, if not a teenager, he was in his early twenties yeah. at that point, so, but yeah. he was <laughs> wow. playing with the meters. I saw him at the channel in Boston and it was, he was just phenomenal. And, and, and I was far away, but I was just like, man, this, this kid is an unbelievable drummer. And then to get to play with him 10 years later there in, in new Orleans with art Neville and George and everybody, uh, it was kind of mind blowing. And, and I saw after that for the next year or two, I saw the funky meters a few times and, um, and it just kind of clicked. Now I've, I'd known O'Teal for a long time. I'd known O'Teal since, uh, 1991 was, I think, the first yeah. time we met each other at the Rockfish when, when the, the unit was playing down there, the Aquarium Rescue Unit. And uh, so, and, and, and we've been friends and, and played a little bit together and, and done some shows and done the tour and, and all that. Uh, uh, but it, it just kind of came to me all at the same time, like, oh my God, could, could you imagine if I could get Russell and O'Teal together playing, you know, <laughs> playing somewhere? And, and and so I first, I can't remember if I asked O'Teal first or if I asked Russell first, but I was, Russell was in New York and I was living in New York at the time. Uh, Russell was playing in New York and I went down to see him, I think with the meters, maybe at Irving Plaza or something like that. And I went backstage and I said, hey, I'm going to put this band together. Um and uh, Bill was with him at that point. Bill, his uh, friend who ended up on the road with us, who we saw down at the funeral. Yeah, I and, think so, yeah. And uh, exactly. And he he was like, Russell, you really ought to do this, man. This, this sounds like a cool gig. You know, you really ought to play this gig. Because Russell is, was apprehensive about, he was, uh, you know, he, he stayed he stayed in New Orleans a lot. He, 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 it was, for him to get out of town was kind of an effort. Um, it didn't seem that it came naturally to him where he just, he wanted to leave and wanted to go do stuff. He felt, to me, it felt like he was always more comfortable at home in, in New Orleans. And uh, he agreed to do it. O'Teal agreed to do it. And we set up a recording studio date down there in September of 2001. Um, so, and we were supposed to fly down on September 12th, 2001. Oh, wow. And, uh, as history has it, uh, September 11th <laughs> happened the day before, and it was terrible, and everything was disrupted, and all the flights were canceled, and that went on for about three days, and I was like, are we going to get down to do this session? Um, and we did. We got down, I think I flew out on the 15th, and we probably started on the 16th down there at Piety Street Studios in the Ninth Ward in New Orleans. And uh, I don't think... If I'm, if I remember correctly, I don't think that O'Teal and Russell had ever met before that day. I think, I think that was the first day that they met. And Russell was. was such a force of nature, you know, just in in every way, just larger than life, just in talking to him. You know, he was just, he was just, he presented in that way, and uh, and 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 that day, I remember so distinctly O'Teal playing bass and playing some really nice chords and maybe singing along and just sort of by himself and, and Russell just sitting in a folding chair in front of him just enamored with with O'Teal's playing and, and it was that that relationship which sort of made the whole thing work because there was such respect 
between you guys, between me and you, and all, all the way around, all three of us at that point, yeah. it was there was just a lot of respect and 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 somehow somehow the chemistry worked, and that was that was how it all started. Wow. What a great vibe in that studio too, man! Like I I love New Orleans so much, you know. Uh, we talked about that the night before Russ's funeral and stuff and piety man <clears throat> there was a strong vibe there in between us it's so and i remember the hotel and every it's just like it's a strong strong memory man yeah uh, it's like one of those movies that really affects you hard you know it leaves a taste in your mouth yeah yeah <laughs> and it you know it, it, it and it went on and it was because of all the other stuff that was going on in the country, it was it was really nice to have this thing that we could work on that was positive and and joyful, and it was really you know a lot of laughs. But New Orleans at that point, you know, there there were no tourists there because there had been no flights or anything like that, so the streets were empty. And after the studio, you know, after the session or whatever, <laughs> we'd go get some beignets or whatever we were doing down there, and you know, it was. Uh, there was a little bit of a contrast and a little bit of a, uh, it was, it was a haunting kind of a feeling down yeah. there. Um, but, but the joy from day one with the band was undeniable. Yeah. And the road. Oh, oh my goodness, man. Oh, to hear the, the sound of Otila and Russell playing together, like yeah. for the first time, <laughs> like the energy. I mean, I like I, thinking about it, hearing that story. I'm just like, that is a moment. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. You was... know what? I always felt that fresh though. Like when we were in the studio down at Criteria and now we've gotten back together after a while, you know, and I just remember feeling this, like a lot had changed since then, you know. Um, but I remember this. I just remember it always feeling new, whenever we did it. Yeah. And it's, well, it Russell, be that. that that's to to me. It's like there's no instance where Russell sits down at a drum kit, and there is like anything in the way of him playing. You know what I mean? Like, meaning as, as musicians, like you're bogged down by the world, like, like getting, <laughs> getting your head really being a clear sort of uh, vessel for what you're doing is like, especially as you get older is, is a real like hard thing to do uh, for me personally, I think for everybody in general, most people, but not Russell. <laughs> there's, there's not like one instance where, I, I think I've ever heard him sound anything less than just like completely kind of from the universe, like possessed when he's playing music, you know, like. It's interesting to hear too, that like you, that was the first time you guys ever met. And clearly that means it was the first time you guys ever played together. Cause as a listener, it makes me think like, well, what were the recording sessions like? Cause some of those tunes, even the way they end, like most events aren't planned and some of the other ones, it's just like, it's, you could hear you and Russell O'Teal, like really bouncing off each other quite a bit. It was like an immediate thing, huh? You too? Well, I think it's like, uh, fortunately, because, you know, obviously Colonel Bruce always comes up, but in that, the way we were doing it too, um, I, it was easier for me to just get in that mindset of, you know, if there's a tempo and I can find out what key we're in, then we just go. And Paige really like, <clears throat> there was always that part included. There would be like a couple of songs or something, but there was always these things where it would just go, you know, and maybe you had like a, a keyboard, uh, one of those synthesizer Yep. Like uh, loop things or whatever, you know, we're just like, we're just playing like kids playing. And that's why I say it always felt new. I would always kind of revert back to that. And so it was, it makes it easier when you're doing it with someone for the first time, because you don't know what's happening anyway. So you're just kind of floating <laughs> with no floor and then you kind of come together and tune into each other, you know, but I had seen him play before and, 
but yeah, you just, it was a, a lot of, a, I had a lot of, uh, anticipation that always bubbled into like nervousness. <laughs> you know? that, that's good. I didn't, it didn't, it didn't show. It didn't show. You know, <laughs> when we were doing that for that session, I did have, I had just gotten a new synthesizer and I had gone through and marked some notes of these are cool sounds or these are cool effects or loops that, that, that we can work with. And there, like you said, there were maybe two or three songs that I had with chord progressions, but the rest of it was just created from what we did there. So the songs like most events aren't planned or any of them really, um, CJ three or, um, so, so many of them were just, jams that were edited together and then we found a way to to put I, I put some lyrics on top or whatever you know it was it was almost a backwards process we didn't go into the studio with a bunch of songs we went into the studio <laughs> and, and with a couple of songs and then created the rest from from nothing you know where's Popeyes or whatever it was you know uh, <laughs> you know and, and we had we had some I had set up some microphones in the control room so that you know you just hear just to get Russell talking, just to get some of that vibe. And then, uh, and I'm pretty sure he knew we were taping. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't affect, or maybe it did in a way, but he was, he, he didn't have a problem with it. He was, he, he just amped it up even more uh, knowing that he was, he was on tape. So <laughs> that whole thing comes from. I honestly think he would have done exactly the same thing, whether he, the tape yeah. was rolling or he knew it or not. Yeah. He's like, when I get to town, <laughs> like he's not in New Orleans, the first thing I ask is, where the fuck is Popeyes? <laughs> That's how the song starts. I love it. <laughs> so, we still talk about it. when we were at his funeral, I was like, I feel like we should go to Popeye's right now. That's be the right thing to do after this second line. Well, you, well, you sent me that same day of his funeral. You sent me an interview. I can't even remember. It was on YouTube with Russ. Fairly recent. And the guy brought up, he's like, and, and you know, Russell mentioned Vita Blue. And then the guy, like, circled back to Vita Blue. And he ended up just talking about Popeye's. Like, like he didn't, Vita Blue doesn't really, like it, the name came up, but, but he just, he just went into Popeye's and with the other, the guy doing the interview and he's just like, you know, they're talking about like, oh, I get the great, I get the biscuit and the like, like you know, and then it moved on from there. It was like, he, he did, the Popeyes. it was perfect. <laughs> Begins and ends at Popeyes. That's great. Yeah. Terrapin yeah. is Popeyes. <laughs> That's a I mean, station. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Quality chicken. Well, um. <laughs> but that that thing of him like had the mic in the control room. I realized again that day listening to other tracks because on on uh you know crossing lines when we do his tune. There's always like you hear him kind of his, him yelling the sections at us because he's just yeah, teaching yeah. it to us and we're learning it. And then during that that radio show that was like paying tribute to Russell and playing tracks, he's yelling all over those too because he's just <laughs> he's just teaching every he's like he's like telling everybody now like that. You just and and you hear it and I and there's even one like a Harry Connick tune and I swear to God you hear Russell. <laughs> Like in the back, you know? I don't think there is a video or recording yeah. of him without him yelling. Because the one John Batiste posted, he doesn't yell, but the very first count off, like somebody clearly blows it, and he's yeah. like, and he gives him this look that's almost a yell. You know? Come on. And then he just crushes it. When he starts double clutching, I just. I'm so grateful for all these things that people posted. Thank you. Because when he starts clutching, man, you just realize you either got yeah. to do that with him or you didn't. I felt such a kinship with all these people in New Orleans that I already felt a kinship with. But at Russell's funeral, it was different. Like John Gross and stuff. I'm like, we know these things. We felt it. Those That clutching yeah. hit us in the chest. Mm -hmm. 
and the legs and the butt, you know, like that is, and it's so sad that it takes that somebody going to make you really value, you know, but I do, I feel so blessed, man, that we got to do that together. What was tour like going out with him and I know I've been waiting to ask this question. I'm like, we'll give it 20 minutes. Uh, can I tell one quick thing? <laughs> I, felt like, I felt like we were in Nebraska. Like, I don't know if we ever played Nebraska, but it felt like we were way like if we could have been in Nebraska, we were yeah. in Nebraska. And, and then he asked Brad says, Brad, I need some glow in the dark sticks. And I was like, dude, we're in the middle of no. Do they, is that a thing? You know, like my mind's going to, uh, and they, Brad came up with her, whoever found him and he had him. I was like, well, shut my mouth. It must be a thing. And Russell, but it was just so out of the blue. And I thought this guy's truly nuts. <laughs> um, you know, he, he had, he, he didn't, uh, like I said before, he, he felt more comfortable in New Orleans in general. I think he was, he was a homebody and, 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 and he was very comfortable in his, in his surroundings and with his people and his contacts and every, everything he needed there and Popeyes and whatever it was that he needed, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was new for him, but um, he would, he, he was, and, and I felt, especially in that first tour where we really didn't know each other so well, you know, we had just done the session yeah. down in um, at, at Piety Street. And then we did a little bit of rehearsal, I think, in Vermont. And, and then we played those shows at uh, New Year's at the Roseland Ballroom, yeah. uh, which was great. But then that was just sort of a one-off. Those were both sort of one-off events. And then when we went out uh, for our first tour, which I think was probably not that long after that, February or something like that, um, he really, he sometimes had a hard time being, being away from home at that point. And we would bring, I would bring people with him. Like I need, I need Bill. Or I need, you know, I, I need, I need George or whoever it was. You know? George! <laughs> you need to have his people with him. Someone that was like a touchstone for him that, that yeah. he, could, he could relate to, or that he felt like he could talk to and, you know, if we'd gone out again, last time I let him bring that girlfriend he had at the time, and, and it was kind of a, a show uh, that, that that was its own thing. But yeah, you know, girlfriend I, might be a little loose use yeah, of the term. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was a she was a woman. Anyway, she, uh, <laughs> he, he, I always felt like, well, I need to do this stuff for Russell in order to help him feel comfortable, even though sometimes it's like the people he would bring out would be creating so much more chaos than <laughs> was, would have been happening if we just sort of went out on our, on our own. So I think if we, if we had gone out again, I, I, there would have been more of a, no, I'm going to get you a drum tech, you know, I'm going to get yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm 20 years into this, it's like, you know, this is, <laughs> it's oh, always that's hilarious with Russell, but but um, he he would hang out in the back of the bus. He really liked that uh, and sort of take it over, and that was his space. And we'd go into parties, and I remember we had a party here at Brad's house before uh, uh, before we went out or, or or somewhere on tour. And he wouldn't even come in the house, so just just he, would, he, he stayed on the bus and, and just was like, <laughs> "I'm not going in there." You know, he didn't he didn't know people that well and, and didn't feel wow. like. Oh, um, but over the years he did come out of the shell and he did, he did open up and he did feel more comfortable with us. And, and, uh, there was just, you know, you talk about, this isn't a tour, but we were recording at Criterion down there in, in, in Miami. It was just, he was just running the show. He just, he, <laughs> he, he it was his show. We were all lucky to be a part of it. It's like John Belushi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can't help it. They just yeah. are the, the center of gravity. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's just Yeah, they're the sun. Remember he would be on the bus and 
he would be talking to somebody somebody would call him yeah. and then he he's the one that got me on the phone lanyard um yeah. <laughs> and he had his phone and his keys and his pass and like everything on this lanyard it weighed like 12 pounds yeah <laughs> But, you know, he could get loaded and not lose his stuff, you know. So someone would call the phone and then he'd be like, hold on. And then he just let the phone drop and hang on the lanyard. And then he would talk to us for like 15 minutes. <laughs> just leave the person on. <laughs> and he'd pick up the phone and be like, I'll call you right back. That's a wrap. And then he had a flip phone. A <laughs> flip phone on a lanyard too. It was just like. Such... I, I mean, I, I like my my. So that the first time when I met you guys in Miami, and I was just like, drop. You know, it was sort of like, okay, we'll have two days of rehearsal, and uh, we're playing the first show. I think in Miami. And, and the whole thing, I was just like, wow, what is, you know, and, and we, didn't, you know, it takes time to get to know people. I'm just trying not to, not to, you know, um, be bad or just to try and fit in and, and, you know, um, cause those guys had all been in the studio together a little bit, but we get on the, on the bus. So we play in Miami and we get on the bus to go to like, uh, I think it was what is it, Janice Landing. Where is that? St. Pete or something. So not very far. And it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. There's like a bus call. And I'm just like, well, you know, what do you do when you're new on a tour? Is you, you, you get to know people, you hang. So I go yeah. in the back and Russell's there. And he has this like blunt, you know, <laughs> this like his just nor normal, normal morning startup right and uh which is it doesn't phase you know you wouldn't know it whether it's a, and so i'm like okay well we're gonna you know we're gonna i'm gonna I'm like getting go. to know you like as if russell even is thinking like gives a shit whatever but i'm just like hey everybody how's it going so i sit back there with russell and i smoke this blunt with him and i am just destroyed like i and that sh the sh all the way to the show like i to, that show was like one of the worst shows I've ever played in my life. Like I could barely get through it just from like my 11 o'clock hang with Russell. <laughs> like, like, and I never forget it. Like I was, I, I don't think I've ever been that black, like just like, and I was exhausted, you know, it's just like I, the, <laughs> the whole day, it just ruined me. And I, and I was just like, Oh my God, like what? And, you know, the back end of that tour also, we went to like some Korean restaurant in San Francisco Korean and I just barbecue. never, yeah. Korean barbecue. Yeah. And they come around to take our order and Russell's like, give me four Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> he orders four at once. It's like, like the blues brothers or something. <laughs> and, just like, and you're like, and they're like four, like, yeah, just bring them all, bring them all at once. <laughs> need all of them at the same time just so random yes. oh that's hilarious i could Crazy. totally empathize with that too like when you join on a tour bus for the first time and it's like uh you get on the bus and you're kind of like so what do i do and you find your comfortable spot and i can almost empathize with russell as well like he liked the back page like you said like tour buses have that like kind of for those who've never been on one there's like kind of that like it's almost like a meeting quarters, like the office of the bus. There's like a couch that goes around the back most of the time. And a lot of people like will throw their merch back there things. And it is, it's kind of like a little sanctuary. It's away from the rest of everybody else. Like if you're going to, you know, head off solo, it's like the patio. It's like the patio yeah. of the bus. Yeah. yeah. And if you, <laughs> and if you're not there, and you're not on a bunk. Everyone's just kind of face to face with each other a little bit, like the other yeah, section. So. It's very weird. It's but cool. Paige, of course, the most perceptive. Like it does. It makes I that idea that Russell actually didn't like leaving New Orleans, or or that it wasn't it wasn't as easy or natural as it was for us. Like I, I hadn't really dwelled on that much. So I, I appreciate what you're saying, and it kind of. It, it makes it makes a lot of sense. You want to be away from his like 
Hill Street Blues VHS tapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've known a, a few guys like that, but some guys Hill Street Blues. over it's the true. years. It's true. They get you get into your like you get into this local thing and it's hard to to see out of or break out of or anything. And my old guitar player, Mark Kimbrell was like that. He just, he functioned better at home. The robe was very uncomfortable for him. He did it. He did it with us. Thank God. I got about 10 years out of him, but it finally broke him. <laughs> it's like, he couldn't, like, and if you're Russell and, and you're in new Orleans and you're like the guy, the king, it's like, yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. That's it. and that music community, it's a whole other level too. So. And my well, my guitar player was like that too in Birmingham, mm-hmm. Alabama. Like he was so revered, and mm-hmm. you know, it was it, it's a similar thing. But some, you know, hey, I like being home more too. <laughs> Shoot. Well, and, and and Paige, that's got to be a lot of like. Uh, I mean, it's courageous, and it's also probably like mother hen ish in a way where you're like i put these guys together i put this band together we don't all know each other that well you know let's head out on the road i mean it's way different from you know fish i mean you guys all live together and know each other like here's a whole different experience that must have been pretty wild for you as well it was it was uh you know i knew oteal pretty well and and uh had a pretty good sense of oteal's temperament you know just <laughs> and then we got along and i there were, i uh, wasn't the wild one that's the crazy part uh, no you'd only order two cokes <laughs> it was it was, <laughs> it was uh yeah i don't know i i we it, it somehow it, it all worked. It all worked with us, and it, it yeah. worked because because of the uh, at that point it was the chemistry of the three of us, um, and uh, and it only got better when when Adam joined. It really, I think there was probably it was a little hollow. I think with just the keyboard, you know, on top and the bass and drums, and 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 it really felt like it, it wanted a fourth, at least a fourth member there to 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 fill it out, but. Um, I guess it was courageous. I mean, I didn't, you know, we did it. <laughs> it's time you don't think about. Yeah. It's like, well, just I, I think yeah. the entire, the, the taking, you know, the spam all-stars that, yes. you know, which was my band and you're getting, you're getting Russell. You're also getting, uh, Mercedes. Mer- you're getting <laughs> these three Tomas, Mercedes and Lazaro. Lazaro as well. And let's was, not forget Lazaro. Yeah. And these, these, they are like, I mean, playing music with them is incredible. Yeah. It's sort of like Russell. It's just like, it comes, it's, it's like their second language, but they, you know, they grew up, they literally, they, they were, were like, came, you know, with nothing off the boat. Um, so the experience of them touring and everything is, is a, is a, a whole other thing too. You know, no, I, you know, I remember that. I remember that, uh, Two two things about that. One is is being with Lazaro, who was Lazaro Alfonso. Was that his last name? Uh, yes, yes. And he was incredible, incredible percussion player, Cuban as as and Tomas as well. And and but Lazaro really didn't speak any English. I mean, almost no English. And and we toured the whole country. And I remember at one point we were in New York City, and it was as cold as as it's ever been for me in new york city i think it was two degrees out it was freezing uh-huh. in new york and I, 20 degrees feels freezing to me in new york but two degrees yeah and uh and we ended up in the elevator together and we were kind of talking and he doesn't speak a word <laughs> because i don't speak any spanish and, and he was explained to me that he was going back to his room to get some more money or something that was expensive. I mean, we, we communicated. We, we, you know, and I was like, yeah, New York, it's very expensive. <laughs> that was about the end of it. But I remember walking. Oh, the price the, of New York could transcend language, for sure. The, the, first, the first day we were in the studio to do the our, our second album, the, the Spam All-Stars album, uh, the illustrated band, uh, he, the first day, Lazaro and Tomas were had some grooves going in the studio and we recorded this at, uh, at the BG studio, which was really yeah. cool. I thought middle year down there in, in South Super beach, cool. which is no longer there. Also it's now an enterprise <laughs> car dealership, uh. Uh, but 
I remember Russell sitting down with him and, and, and he was starting playing along. And after about five minutes, like, okay, I see what you're doing. I get, you know, like the little inflections, the slight, you know, the, 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 the cultural, the, 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 the subtleties of the culture of the rhythm that, that the, the Cuban guys were playing versus the new Orleans guy and Russell kind of hearing it and hearing, Oh, oh you're, you know, this is pushed a little bit. Oh, this is held back. You know, this is, I get it. You know, I could, and they're playing along for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. And I was like, Oh my God, this is just unbelievable. <laughs> and wow. Russell really did though. You know, he was that kind of a musician. And so many of the stories about Russell are, what a what a character he was and what what a you know a wild personality he had and, and all of his antics but uh one can't forget that he was one of the greatest musicians i i will never forget that he was one of the greatest musicians i will ever play with in my life yes. and he he had a depth of knowledge and understanding and listening that um i have a, a little bit with some other guys but uh, but Russell was, you know, he he was brilliant. He was a brilliant yeah. player. And, and when he when he heard music like that, when he heard Lazaro and, and Tomas set in the grooves, and, and he sat down to try and put it into his, you know, figure out how he how he how it worked for him and what he could play to play along with them. Um, it was such a fascinating cultural experience for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have a really powerful. Sorry to. Uh, but this this memory of of you know that learning curve um especially in that that tour that we did because we played there was a tune of his it was called Russell's tune right yeah. and and i just remember you know i hadn't known i you know i one i remember him showing me you know the guitar part on just kiss my baby right and so like really how to play it how to play it right you know, because he could play it and it would sound right on guitar. Just like Leo. But we, exactly. Yeah. We go to play Russell's tune and he comes over to me and I'm like, well, how does it go? And he just goes to the, the keyboard and he just starts telling me about the harmony. And it's just like, it's like a, like Wayne Shorter. Yeah. Wow. He's like, ah, oh, it's so like Lydian card. And then there's like these, these and, he, and I'm just like, and it's, and it's like, pretty much over my head that he's just like, it's this and this and this. And he just like, he just kind of in his kind of brusque way, he's just like, now it's like the sharp part. It was like, no, I'm not. you know, and when you play his tune, he'd be like, well, play that, you know, put that F sharp on the top there. And, play and I mean, he really like arranging and hear everything deep knowledge of harmony deep. And, and I just wanted to share that because, you know, Paige made me think of that. I mean, really, it wasn't just like, you know, this incredible group, it was, it was everything. It was I mean, on any instrument. You know. Yes. He would play your instrument as well as you. It was crazy. Like I found one of the videos I sent you is one I found of him playing bass <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. he starts thumping and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then all of a sudden this whole fully formed bass line, you could have built a whole song around it just <laughs> pops and it just went click. And I went, Oh shit. That's as good as it. That's it. That's bass playing the right way. Like he's just a natural. I'm convinced he had perfect pitch. He yeah. could play horn, keyboard, guitar, yeah. drums. He turned it. I I have a memory of him turning his kit left-handed with us one time in rehearsal. <laughs> just play it. And then one of the drummers, I mentioned it at the funeral, and one of the drummers down there that knew him said, yeah, well, he set everything up left and right. So either way he could play. So he could easily just like play. I think he was doing it just to mess with me, you know? I think and on I, the spam, the the spam of that tour, he had he had like a hi hat left and a hi hat right. Yeah, yeah. And I said, and and he was he was doing that. I don't know, like how <laughs> he would decide or whatever. But when you consider like the the crazy stuff, even just like you know yeah. that he played, like how proprietary it is to just him, that it would still be yeah. like, you know lefty and righty for drummer yeah to switch like that because i'm a i'm left-handed and i play right <clears throat> my son is left-handed but he plays left so when i switched his drum kit around left-handed <clears throat> you know i was playing trying to get your bass drum foot to be the hi-hat foot and vice versa 
I could switch all the hand stuff. Switching yeah. the feet is murder. <laughs> and the fact that he could set up left-handed because he had the double bass pedal. So he but, is, he's just could, that's crazy, man. Fills everything. Just like, there's no difference. Like if you closed your eyes and then he'll, you know, he'll get on the keyboard or like I was doing a session with him and there was like, I think there was three horn players and he's playing and the middle and then he goes alto E flat, E flat. So you know, <laughs> the, the clefs are different. The E flat and alto is not the same as the E flat on the piano. And he's calling it out in real time that the guy got the wrong note in his clef while playing drums. I was just like, so he has perfect pitch and he knows all the clefs. It's just like, what? It never, it just keeps getting deeper with him. It's like. I thought it was fascinating at, at uh, the funeral when they were talking about his high school, St. Augustine and, and the, the, the <laughs> band and the drum line and all that stuff and how uh when he first tried out for it he didn't make the cut do you remember that that story and, and i was thinking man that that must have been such a motivating factor for that guy you know <laughs> something like that because he never happened. didn't make the cut again you know never in fact even in the drum line uh after you left page at yeah. the very end of the thing the drummers all ended up back at the, the corner of the church um, uh -huh. and they were standing out there playing. And one of the drummers that I had played with, I think maybe at George's 75th birthday, uh, I think his name is Jamal. He was talking to me and he said, you hear these drum cadences? They were playing all the drum line stuff. He goes, those are Russell's. And I was like, oh, he's like all the drum guys for generous ever since Russell was in high school know these cadences and they have spread out he's like they went out to grambling and now as these people graduated from the high school and went on to different colleges those wow. cadences went out all over the country and he said russell could hear like a drum corps from somewhere and be like that's mine nah. that's mine <laughs> that's mine and then he and the last thing he told me was and russell wrote those in high school and dude, they were so funky, man. Like it's marching. <laughs> it was so funky. I was just standing there. I just could barely hold back the tears just to think that his legacy, like from high school, if it had ended there, went out and spread out, you know, and then all that he did after that, it's just like, he was a force of nature. And when you also consider the fact that drums is the new orleans is the only place they allowed uh africans to keep their drums in the country all drumming all of it comes from new orleans so when you hear somebody like john gross from papa gross funk make a statement like russell represents the past present and future of new orleans drumming when i read that i was like that's it that's what is so all those legendary new orleans drummers you get to play with all of them when you play with Russell and then you get to play where he took it from there. And, uh, he's really just something, man, a national treasure, right? It's really, uh, amazing to hear you guys play together. You know, 2001 seems like a million years ago, kind of, you know, I mean, it really does. Wow. <clears throat> so much has changed and so much is, you know, but during the hiatus of fish too, it was like really incredible to have, you know, to have Vita blue. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, it was, it was special and, and it went on and I, I always imagined we were going to do more. I always yeah. imagined it would be another record and another tour and, you know, we had dates that got canceled because of COVID and I, I, you know, I look back and you always look back, I wish we'd done more, I wish we'd done this or that, but we did what we did. It was... Yeah. And when I, when, whenever, when that call came for me, it's just like anytime page calls and then when it was, it's like, oh, you know, I'm like that, whatever the cartoon silhouette 
is just left. I'm just like, <laughs> drop everything. The cloud. I'm, I'm out of here. Yes, that's it. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's dreamland for me or, or was. Remember, or, you know, so just, like, remember the first time we, we saw you at the, for people that don't know, Adam's hair used to be red. <laughs> and yes. so rushed <laughs> the first time he saw your your hair was white he totally changed your nickname <laughs> <laughs> oh, Russ, Russ would have Russ would have nicknames for a lot of people I mean those that don't know and uh, so in that band there was you know AJ was Maceo and, and uh, Adam was Red Top and, uh, right. and, and until he wasn't, <laughs> until, until he wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, he, he walked when when we met at Criteria. When we got, to, he showed up at Criteria, and my you know hair is like this. And he uh, he walked right by me, and I, like Russell. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for red top yeah well and he, yeah and he wanted to i think he was like like had come off the plane he had somebody with him as he always does and yeah. and he was looking for for like basically popeyes or whatever he wanted to eat <laughs> you know it was like it wasn't up on his mind like you know i don't know that he expected to see me at all yeah. <laughs> he has weed and then Popeyes. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get things sorted. I mean, you got to get, you know, once you land, I mean, that's 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 always the case, right? Like, you know. but, then, but then when he saw you, he's like, what happened to him? Yeah. Ice cap. <laughs> and, he had, and he had green hair, right? At that yeah, he had green, yeah. He had green. green hair at that moment, if I'm not mistaken. That's so right. Cool. I forgot. I totally forgot. I mean, there's, there's all, there's always like an entrance. I, I, because I think I have some memory. It might've been right. We played at Bonnaroo or it was something where we had done shows or we, we had a little break and did more shows. And when Russell showed up, he was just like, I don't know what had happened, but he's showing you crazy pictures on his phone. He might've been in, like spend a night in jail or something or something like it would, there was some really crazy like thing. And he's like, Oh, look at this man. Like, you know, he just kind of like lands and it, and it's just this energy of like, like, I mean, it, I just, I, I think maybe it was Bonnaroo maybe it was somewhere else. I don't, I don't know. Cause maybe we broke up like East and West coast and, uh, <laughs> and he just shows you a picture on the phone and he's got some crazy story, you know, that's connected yeah. to it. And it's just like, that's it. You know, it's just like, like good to see you, man. <laughs> you, know what I mean? like, you know, knowing we're never going to get a group text like that again is his texts were <laughs> just. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I opened up some of my old phones last night just to see some of my old texts threads from Russell. <laughs> That's where I saw the, from 2018. It was just a picture of him with the green hair. That's what I, that's how I remember <laughs> that he had the green hair. <laughs> you know, and then he had the green head and they put the, the red dot like a pimento. <laughs> he looked like a mollock. <laughs> remember that? Right in the back of his head, he had like one red dot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a luck, man. It's like the when you see Amadeus, you know, and Salieri realizes he's like, this is the genius, you know? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the genius, yeah. dude. That's yeah, that's dude with the pimento. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be fooled. <laughs> let yeah. him sit down on your fucking instrument and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he would text all like just he could send you a text that was nothing but emojis, and you would know exactly. <laughs> and hear his voice in your no yeah he he, he would write phonetically you know so so the words weren't spelled as i would have spelled them but but exactly how he was talking and i could just hear it as i'm as as you're reading his text oh that's neat it was it it was really uh it's no no joke i mean i i I never had i never had a text experience (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, well, also that that we were on a thread that had some other number for the last yeah. like year or so or two years. <laughs> and Russell sending me and OT a lot of texts and there's another number. And I'm thinking, you know, I guess that's Paige or, you know, he paid. It's, it's easy to imagine Paige having different numbers or different things. So, and, I don't. and then, and, and he does. <laughs> so at some point after like a year or so, it, it just like it, it connected. And we realized that there's some random person that's just been like getting a year's worth of text from Russell. <laughs> I hope it's an old discontinued. No, I never yeah. investigate stuff like that either. I don't ask, yeah. you know, especially with Russell. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was. I think somebody's I think was, got an archive. <laughs> I think it was when uh, I actually reached out to the three of you, you two, and, and Russell when Vita Blue, the pitcher, passed away earlier this year. That's right, and, and that's, that's right. and then. It was like, and I didn't realize that there had been some other thread going that I've been off of. And Russell's like, is that you? (laughs) Just too funny. Too funny. Oh, man. I'm going to miss that dude so much. You always send me these, like, I got the power of jaw. Jaw coming through. (laughs) And the videos, I loved the videos uh, i'm gonna have to go back and i haven't gone through those yet Paige. i need to do that go back it's nice to, my to, to hear you guys all like you know come together and you know have a tribute to them too that's really cool to thanks for yeah. sharing this with all of us you know super cool yeah he deserves it man he deserves all the tributes he can get i'm sure he's got more coming you know yeah yeah, I'm great. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm grateful for it. It's, it's uh, it is, it, it, I mean, it just drives home how, you know, unique and special it is. And it, it's, you know, it's sad, but it, it really does sort of give you the, the, the gratitude because you know, you, you were so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he really, he really loved us, man. <laughs> You know, he really did. I had people tell me at his funeral, they're like, Otil, he loves you so much, man. I mean, you know, he would show us in his text, you know. I know he, he, he's always wearing the Vita Blue sweatshirt and stuff. Like, I knew it. But, like, you know, he was uh, he was a really sweet, sweet human being. He was a sweet man. And yes. it's crazy and all that stuff. I hope people will know that about him. He he was an incredibly sweet human being. And, you know, he told me the story about during uh, Katrina res- rescuing some kitten off of an overpass on the highway or something, pulling over and like, you know, taking care of this thing. And, and that's just who he was, you know, he would, he would help anyone. And, and, you know, over the years I would visit him down there and whenever I was in New Orleans, the guys he was playing with were kids, you know, they were all young and they were all, and he was bringing them in and, and, and showing them and, and yelling the chords at them or whatever he was doing, you know, and teaching them. Uh, but it was such a, he was, he was so giving in, in so many ways. Yeah. I really saw that with the drummers too. A lot of them would expressed it, you know, like, how much like he always came back to that high school he oh he was really proud of it and always with the kids you know like he really was very very and that's a new orleans thing you know they have so many lineages of families and it's so yeah. much of that passing it on is built in but it was very intentional with him and uh i just came away with even with such a greater appreciation of him after that funeral and hearing people talk about him yeah. and, and talking with them afterwards and and seeing the people that came out and how much he affected i mean you're talking about new orleans royalty man like it's it was heavy well here's to russell huh yeah here's yeah. to david russell Batiste jr 
Pantheon Media presents Comes a Time featuring Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. Executive produced by Christian Swain and Peter Ferrioli. Produced and edited by Eric Limarenko and Stu Silverman. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Comes a Time with Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're jonesing for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.